The next heterodox concept we're going to be talking about is post-scarcity. Uh, one of the main drivers in neoclassical and even Keynesian economics is the idea of scarcity and that the reason why things are, are not free and that there's prices for everything is because there's unlimited wants for humanity, but there's a limited supply of goods. And that limited supply is scarcity. And because of scarcity, people have to ration um, the demand for goods and services um, in a way that is distributed in a way that optimizes economic growth or social equality, whatever reason, depending on your school of economics. But there's unlimited demand and limited supply, and therefore that creates scarcity. But the idea of post-scarcity is that technological developments are going to accelerate to the point where there may not actually be scarcity and there will be unlimited supply. Like and in a world like that, most goods and services would be free. Like an example in the real world of that would be like air. There's not any unlimited amounts of oxygen to breathe in the atmosphere, but there's effectively unlimited amounts so you aren't charged to breathe at least we're not in a dystopic world that's so polluted where we might have to get to that point but the idea though is, is like what if everything is like air like there's an unlimited amount of food or near unlimited amount of water and the digital economy arguably software and digital products there really is an unlimited amount. That's why um, you can watch most things like on this channel effectively for free. And what the way the creators make money is by taking a bigger share of the time of the viewers. So the reason why I say Mr. Beast has makes a lot of money on YouTube and my channel uh, covers maybe like a night out once every couple months is because he has a much bigger audience and he's taking a much bigger percentage of the pie in terms of time that advertisers want than I do. Uh, so like if things like, so that's an example of a post scarcity economics in the sense of the content is not scarce, but the time is so it's not truly post scarce. Post scarce is that there's just an unlimited amount of everything, like the Star Trek economy. What a lot of this is called, and if there is no scarcity and there's a everybody can get um, most things that they need uh, without infringing on the ability of others to do so, um, it will result in um, the whole supply demand curve being null and void and people not having to make choices, hard choices. It's just, you can get everything you want. You just take everything you want. There wouldn't really be a field of economics, really an idea of post-scarcity economics. But the question is really in the world of post-scarcity economics and that everything produces everything for free, what would humanity do with its time? Would it try to create something that is scarce so that people still compete over a resource just for status sake? Uh, who knows? But it's just the idea that the whole economics field is going to be turned on its head in the event that 
the main defining feature of the field scarcity is eliminated through technology that creates abundance for all of humanity. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is um, innovation economics. Innovation economics is the idea that you have um, innovation and technology and intellectual property being the drivers of economic growth and not the growth of factor accumulation, such as capital or labor or land that can be used, uh, population to spend, et cetera. So it, like, innovation econo economists really favor promoting the interests of entrepreneurs and developing more entrepreneurship because they believe that the marginal innovation created by these entrepreneurs is what effectively drives productivity and increases the efficient frontier. I actually think that there is a lot of merit to this idea. And I think innovation economics has the potential to become more mainstream as technology um, had, creates um, less need for raw materials and labor to be the drivers of production. Like if you have a factory run entirely by robotics, um, labor becomes less of a role. If you have an economy that's more reliant on the exchange of digital products and services, uh, then raw materials let mat continue to matter less and less, especially on the higher end of the wage curve where the real new economic gains are being made. So, yeah, and basically innovation economics is also is that if you want to grow economic growth, instead of just trying to increase the size of your country's population or building more machinery and, and physical capital, the way you would do that is you would subsidize development of more IP. Um, and that is by subsidizing R&D projects and whether it's research and development in the university system or in the private sector would be probably making venture capital a more popular outlet for investing and um, or just um, creating endowments or like certain safety nets for entrepreneurs to take risks would be probably the way they would do that. However, I think really innovation economics was where I'd have my touch to it matters more in as more relevant in an economy that has already kind of reached a basic level of industrialization. I think it only applies to post-industrial economies that have already been able to either manufacture all of their needs domestically or have the resources to import those abroad cheaply. Uh, if you're at a country that's still trying to get a basic level of economic development and education and hasn't moved up that rung of the ladder, then I don't really think innovation economics is going to drive you. But when you've already caught the low hanging fruit of first the agriculture economy and then the industrial economy, the next stage is probably the, is the innovative economy. And innovation economics is probably the philosophy of this digital industrial revolution. Uh, thanks for that. Um, let me know what you think about these or if you have any other heterodox economic ideas that I 
forgot to mention on here that you think I should talk about in a future iceberg, please leave them in the comments. And the question I asked to you is, what is you think among these forms of heterodox economics are the most interesting and the ones you think seem to mesh well with your view of the world or you think have room to be tried?